Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast and this is the second of the special Ukraine update um, podcast that I'm doing. Um, obviously the, the pace of events in Ukraine uh, are moving immensely fast um, and around the world. So uh, it's entirely possible that when you listen to this things will have moved on. So I'm trying not to look at the minutiae of events on, on the ground. And obviously there are far, far better people to listen to and to follow uh, than me um, who understand uh, the nuances of uh, modern warfare better than I do. I'm looking at something on a, a much more kind of macro scale, really. And what the current crisis shows us about the functioning of kind of like klepto states um, which Russia uh, Russia is these, these kind of states run by uh, authoritarians and a, a kind of a court of kleptocrats there have been some interesting questions raised about um, the, uh, the number of uh, setbacks uh, failures uh, and the, the kind of the overall uh, curiously poor performance of the, uh, the Russian army um, in the past two weeks, the fact that um, generals and divisional commanders have been assassinated in the field or, or killed in military combat, more to the point, um, a, a significant number of them, that um, helicopters and aircraft have been downed, that um, vehicles have run out of fuel, 
that some soldiers have have deserted and that there is a kind of a, uh, an apparent crisis of, of morale among many others. How can we account for this? Um, when we were shown during the uh, civil war in Syria, um, Russian warships and aircraft um, decisively uh, acting to defend uh, President Bashir al-Assad, um, the, the 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 image that we were given of Russia was that it had its heavy investment in its uh, war machine had paid off, um, and this is really the the kind of the Potemkin village. I I, I think um, Russia has now committed most of its uh, original invasion force. Um, and there is talk of calling up reserves and uh, perhaps even uh, having to rely on conscription. Certainly, if Russia does seek to occupy Ukraine, it will have to rely on hundreds of thousands of conscript soldiers in order to make that a, a possibility. And the, the fact is that economically, it seems inconceivable. A, a state that is run by um, a, a kind of kleptocracy uh, or a state that is a kleptocracy, will always produce questionable results. Um, why? Because the priority of the kleptocrats is stealing. The, uh, which sounds rather an obvious thing to say, but everything else suffers as a result. Um, military contracts, um, the provision of vital equipment, um, the provision of sufficient fuel, all these are a secondary issue because the state outsources roles that would previously have been carried out by the state itself at a far greater cost to um, oligarchs. This term is perhaps getting slightly overused now uh, because uh, there are variations of oligarchs in Russia. Um, to um, Pu Putin loyalists who provide private um, services um, at an inflated cost to a, um, a kind of an, an immensely sort of uh, inferior uh, standard of level of service. Um, there was a fascinating analysis uh, that was making its way around the internet um, in the last couple of days, around, around Twitter particularly, um, that sorts to kind of explain um, why it was that the, this kleptocratic state um, was unlikely to function militarily or economically. And this was by Kamil Galiv of the Wilson Centre um, and, um, a, and a formerly of um, uh, St Andrews University and uh, Peking University, currently in Washington DC. And the argument goes something like this, and I urge you to, to find it on Twitter and, and read it in full because it's obviously far better articulated than I'm about to that in um, kleptocratic states, um, the kleptocracy, like a kind of a, a sort of like, like a, a society, like a bandit society, needs to uh, keep 
functioning in the same way, the same largely dysfunctional way, lest the kleptocrats themselves lose power. Um, Gadiv posits this idea, what happens if you actually pour your resources into science and engineering? What happens if you pour your resources into um, the cutting edge of, uh, of, of tech, uh, which Russia doesn't really. Russia is an exporter of raw materials, mainly oil and gas. But what happens is that the balance of power shifts away from the gangsters and towards the, the nerds, as, as Galiv puts it. Um, and towards the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the techie types. And this is a problem if you're a gangster. So the first industries that were seized by the, um, uh, the, the, the oligarchic uh, kleptocrats, the ones that are closest to Putin, uh, were the resource industries, oil and gas. These were easy enough to top slice and to suck wealth out of without having to become too involved in their day-to-day -day functioning. They sort of run themselves. Uh, any industry where there's an insatiable demand for the product um, tends to work quite well most of the time. So they were able to um, function uh, as cronies of, of Putin as his uh, lieutenants, but also as vastly independently wealthy individuals in, in their own right, by not having to do very much, because none of them were actually had the skills or the knowledge to, to run a uh, petroleum or a, a gas exporting business. Slowly, these things are being run into the ground in Russia because of the um, uh, inability to uh, organize or the, uh, the, the, the disinterest in finding uh, new, uh, new gas and oil reserves and also the difficulty of it, as I mentioned previously, I think. The, the reserves that have been used up in the south are, um, were the easy ones to, um, uh, to mine and to drill for. And the remainder of Russia's oil and gas is in the Arctic Circle, um, which is significantly more difficult to extract. So a state that doesn't rely particularly on innovation, uh, science and technology, not to say that there isn't science and technological innovation in um, Russia, but um, the scientists the, uh, and the innovators tend to either be those individuals who are most likely to be exploited by the um, kleptocratic elite um, or have their um, whatever wealth there is existing in their own businesses um, drained dry, um, or they are individuals who are more likely to offshore um, their uh, production, their, their manufacturing or, um, uh, or, or engineering to places like the Czech Republic, um, which uh, when that happens starts to undermine 
Putin's um, desire for a kind of a more uh, autarkic uh, Russia. Uh, there's various scandals of uh, manufacturing happening um, in Russia. Um, Putin demanding that things like uh, tractors or heavy vehicles uh, be made purely uh, by uh, Russian manufacturing and uh, from um, Russian design. Um, and it, then it transpires that ultimately these things are brought in in, in kit form uh, from uh, the Czech Republic uh, and other parts of Eastern Europe uh, and then passed off as being Russian inventions. So Russia is a, a state because of its kleptocratic nature and this also explains why it's having difficulties fighting a high-tech warfare, a high-tech war, because it has a kleptocratic class running it. Um, the other kind of normal economic and social groupings within um, the, the, the Russian elite that might be able to for example, pioneer uh, 21st century tech companies aren't able to really adequately function because there is no room for them because of this marauding kleptocratic class. And the the the, the evidence that this is the uh, that, that this is the case is starting to be shown in Ukraine. Uh, we're starting to see that there are significant limitations to any country that's run in this way. And this should be kind of nothing new to us, really. There are numerous examples of kleptocracies um, uh, in the 20th century that uh, ultimately don't function very well because the, uh, the incentive, um, the, the framework under which um, most science, innovation um, and functioning bureaucracy uh, tends to thrive isn't that of a, an, an autocracy where um, the uh, top tier of society is simply interested in looting and hiding wealth offshore. So yes, this shouldn't be a, a surprise to us. What I think is interesting is the evidence that um, the naivety of Putin in his dealings, particularly with China, seems to be coming to the fore. It's difficult to say at this stage which way China will leap. China's overtures to Putin um, in the past couple of years have you know, hugely alarmed Washington political and uh, defense analysts uh, and the idea of there being a Washington, a, a Moscow-Beijing relationship is as troubling in Washington as the idea of a Washington-Beijing relationship was uh, in Moscow in the early 1970s when Nixon went to, to visit Mao. Um, but I think this is greatly, greatly over, overstated. Firstly, um, the relationship between Moscow and Beijing um, cannot uh, is always unlikely to compensate. The trade relationship is unlikely to compensate for the loss of uh, oil and gas uh, exports to a America 
and to Europe when those are finally finally shut off. Um, and the removal of Russia from the global banking system, uh, the removal from SWIFT, there is some talk of um, Russia and China collaborating on an alternative to SWIFT, but again, this, this seems to be sort of fanciful stuff um, and, and no replacement for what Russia has lost. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Russia is in a position where it must now go as the supplicant to Beijing as, as the weaker partner. And this is unlikely to end well. Um, the uh, Xi Jinping is no fool and neither is his cabinet. They are uh, entirely aware of the fact that Russia is desperate. Russia needs to have uh, to be assisted, uh, needs the support of China. Um, and what China gets out of the deal, other than cheap oil and gas, which is what China needs, um, is it, hard to see. Will this have an effect on the possibility of an invasion of Taiwan that Xi Jinping has spoken candidly about in, in the past? Well, quite possibly. What the, um, the West has done, it's interesting that this term the West is being used quite a lot. What America, um, and after having been in abeyance for a long time, what America and the EU have demonstrated in the past week is the ability to organize rapidly and to, without even having to go to war, using finance as a super powerful weapon. And the if that the effect this will have or is currently having on Russia will have in far more pronounced ways in the, the coming weeks um, is enough to give any country pause for thought, I would imagine. And certainly the idea that this could happen to China if it chose to invade Taiwan 
um, I think it would be quite a sobering thought. But then again, um, it, these things are always impossible to actually properly predict. The growth rate in China needs to remain over something like about 8% in order for the country not to economically stall and be thrown into uh, an epic uh, recession. And so any threat to that, any threat to the stability of China, any threat to China's ability to trade internationally will have a profound effect on um, China's overall future stability. So the, the, the noticeable kind of frostiness about Putin's adventurism is, um, is, is, is really quite, quite interesting. The uh, story, potentially apocryphal, but who knows, is that Putin agreed with Xi Jinping to wait till after the Winter Olympics, the Chinese Winter Olympics, had been completed. Um, the result of this would appear to have been uh, Russian tanks and uh, armoured personnel carriers um, getting stuck in the spring mud of Ukraine. Um, the delay that Putin had uh, instituted in order to please the Chinese has been quite a strategic problem for him. Um, the question of the, the, the kind of hovers over all of this is how does Putin expect a state that functions like this to be able to carry off an almost impossible occupation of Ukraine? Well, there's enough evidence that points to the fact that um, Putin uh, is surrounded by people who tell him what he wants to hear. And that Putin himself, stuck in his palace, um, unable to come out during the um, period of the coronavirus, and, uh, and, and like his friend Mr. Trump, an intense germaphobe, um, has rather lost touch with with aspects of, of reality, or is certainly being told things that he chooses to believe. The um, surprise that the resistance in Ukraine has um, has been visited upon him is bewildering in the fact that Putin appears to have convinced himself that Ukrainians would actually uh, relish the invasion and relish the possibility of being liberated in inverted commas from uh, Ukraine itself or from the, um, the, the current regime in Ukraine. And all that has happened is Putin has created a kind of an epic trap for himself in that he, his um, stated role as strong man, as tough guy, uh, cannot be compromised, cannot be questioned by the, uh, by the possibility of a climb down of Putin's humiliation. Um, but also, Putin will then have to if he doesn't wish to be seen as not a strong man, hold on to Ukraine um, and the entire population would appear to be mobilised, radicalised and um, passionate in their hatred of the Russian invaders and ready to, ready to fight, ready to resist. 
So the uh, the troop numbers required to hold on to Ukraine yeah, are far greater than really the entirety of the Russian army. Um, so Putin has created for himself a lose-lose situation, which again is, is, is very dangerous and very troubling for uh, people who um, uh, look at a the functioning of a nuclear armed state. Um, Putin has begun to, uh, and his oligarchs have begun to kind of re uh, return to Russia and return to Russia with um, significant sums of uh, significant amounts of wealth, um, much of which is some of which has been. Uh, deposited abroad, but most of which is being re returned to prevent it from being seized or sequestered uh, by foreign governments. And so what the future holds for that political class is, is unclear. These are uh, individuals who liked to live in places like London and Monaco uh, and the Cayman Islands because they were out of they were to some degree out of the, the reach of the Russian state uh, and it was possible to have properties in these places where you could invest and leave money uh, and then liquidate your assets when you, you needed to um, because Putin himself cannot be trusted um, and you know Putin himself cannot be trusted not to find displeasure and to sling um, the uh, oligarch in question into jail. So uh, places like London were kind of rather attractive insurance policies. So how the oligarchic class will get on, some have argued that they are the answer to getting rid of Putin, but who, who replaces him is a, a moot point. Others have argued that by punishing the oligarchs by punishing the peoples of like like Roman Abramovich and, and those sorts of individuals that you simply push them closer to him because what he represents to the oligarch class is a means of survival and Putin has always uh, operated as this um, kind of firstly safeguard um, and secondly as the sort of like the, the mafia boss of bosses, the Kappa de Kappa. And the reason why um, in around 2004, uh, Putin came to uh, an understanding with the oligarchs uh, that they could ultimately keep most of their wealth as long as they provided unconditional loyalty and service to him. Um, the reason why that has, has functioned so long is that Putin has not uh, engaged in this degree of military adventurism, um, which has in in many ways uh, cost his uh, closest allies dearly. Will these prove to be the barons that overthrew King John, or, um, or will they retain their their loyalty? Um, it remains to be. Okay, so in the next Ukraine update I'm going to be doing, uh, we'll be looking at the sources and origins of dirty money and how dirty money plays a role in the the, the current crisis uh, and what possible remedies there are. 
Um, anyway, thanks very much, and uh, I hope you've found this uh, podcast uh, useful and informative. And I'll catch you again on the next Ukraine update. All the best. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.